Welcome to Network Marketing Breakthroughs Podcast with Rob Sperry, where you will hear stories and strategies to help increase sales in your business. Let's level up your network marketing business with your host, Rob Sperry. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We appreciate you joining us. We are going to have a lot of fun today. We're going to cover a several different topics. We're going to get into some insight. We're going to talk about the introduction. We're going to go straight into that. And we're going to talk about the three critical aspects to create more engagement, to make it a lot more attractive when you're introducing the business to others. And the reason why this is so important, because this is exactly where you start in the business. Everybody's like, okay, I've got a goal. I'm excited. I've got a vision. I've got you know all these different things that I want to do. But at the same time, I don't know what to say. And too many times in this business, what we do is we tell everybody, go make a list, call everybody you know, and what ends up happening is, is they end up making a bunch of people either mad or frustrated or they end up saying the exact wrong thing. And that's okay because we all learn from doing things the wrong way. Hopefully, we learn exactly what to do, what to say, how to do them the right way. But Kate's going to shave weeks, months, years off of doing things the wrong way and she's got massive credibility for doing that. She has over 182,000 fans on her business page. She has a seven-figure, seven-figure, not six, so seven. You do the math there. Well, that was six. Seven. If you do the math there, that is a million-dollar annual business. So she isn't just teaching you ideas and things that she hopes works. She's built before, she coaches, she speaks, she trains, she consults. And the most important thing is her and I are both massive introverts. So <laughs> I, did, I did ask her, I said, can we do a whole training on how to avoid talking to the person next to you on the plane? And I think that will maybe be a follow-up secret sauce training that we do and there's a lot of I mean it's an art you have to make sure it you're is. a little bit at least you're not rude you don't make eye contact you know you're tired you yeah. just there's a lot of things that we can get into later maybe someday as a bonus training so before we get started Kate yeah. how are we doing you out of Seattle it's there's a there's a 90% chance it's raining right <laughs> Yes, exactly. I have every single light possible on me right now because if I didn't, we would be in darkness. <laughs> but it's good. It's good. Doing great. How you doing, Rob? I'm great. I've, I've got the energy this morning. I've got the kids at school. So I'm just here hanging out with you and uh, excited to learn some very valuable content. I always say I'm the person that gets to learn the most because... Oh. I get to pay attention to what's said and what you say specifically and, you know, what works and what doesn't work. And so I get to take notes. And so I'm, I'm excited for everybody. Hey, I know you've got some huge insight. And what I love is you were a teacher, mm -hmm. you were a school teacher. And you, because of that, you learn how to take concepts, complicated concepts and simplify them and teach people how to have success and simplify that. And I think that's a huge part of your success in your business. I know that, and you can maybe explain a little bit how you went through massive, massive failure, did everything the wrong way. And then you changed some things, some simple things. And I haven't even heard this yet. I love that about getting on with new speakers is I don't want to hear it until the live, the details, <laughs> so that for me, it's, it's, it's more insightful and it's surprising and, and I get to pay really close attention. So maybe share a little bit of your story before you go into these insights and then let's have all of you drop in the insights what your previous occupation was if you're doing network marketing full-time or what your current occupation is if you're doing it now as a part-time business so well thank you so much for having me on rob really really appreciate it super excited to be here let me just give you a little a little taste of my business background um very brief business background because it was brief for me I know for a lot of you, um, I'm, I'm probably very similar to a lot of you. I taught second grade for seven years and I loved what I did. I was one of those people that just had a passion and absolutely loved kids, loved teaching, just loved being able to help somebody else rise up, right? And so for me, 
you know, education was always something that was really, really powerful and I found it to be really important. However, I came up against almost like, a, like, um, how do you say it? Like two different roads, right? Two different paths that I could go on. And my husband and I, we don't have kids yet, hopefully very, very soon in the future, but we were having a dog. Yes. I am a fur mama, Marley. She's actually outside because if she was inside, she'd be barking like crazy. (laughs) It's like FedEx delivery time for us here. So (laughs) she's, uh, she can definitely, you know, she can, she's just like a kid. She'll, she'll bark like crazy when she knows that I can't pay attention to her. (laughs) Love it. But yeah, so we got to the point of where, we started to have conversations about kids and family and what we wanted that to look like and what we wanted our life to look like. And at that exact same time, I was watching a lot of my teacher friends um, crying in the teacher's room because they had to drop their kids off at daycare or they had three months of maternity leave and they didn't want to leave their kids yet. And there was something in my gut that just told me that can't be how I want my life to be. I can't be a hundred percent great teacher and a hundred percent great mom at the same time. I can't split me and I can't be super good at both. So something's got to give, right? And so here's the cool part. My husband um, got relocated for his job and he said, Hey, I've been, and he actually was the one who was in network marketing first. So he was working at very, very part time. And he said, Hey, if I'm going to be relocated for my job, would you ever want to, you know, hop into this home business thing? I'll take you to a live event, show you what it's all about. And went to this live event in Las Vegas. And it was the first time I ever realized I had this moment of, I met all these other people that were exactly like me, like positive, driven, um, motivated for a different kind of life, um, everyone looking to want to help each other out. And that was that moment I realized, okay, I have been not in the wrong um, profession. There's just, I have to enhance and and spotlight my profession in a different way. Like I have well, to do Gold Nugget though right there. What she just said, yeah. what changed for her was actually going to an event. Overlook events. But the same thing for me. I showed up to an event and I yep. thought, I don't need this. This is going to be a bunch of rah-rah. Everyone's going to be yeah. cheerleading. Everyone's going to get all pumped up. And I'm supposed to get all emotional and motivational. And I'm thinking this is an introvert. I won't even tell you some of the events. I hate going to specific motivational speaker events. I won't even tell you because you guys would think it's so taboo. But I'll just give you a hint. The jumping around for yeah. two hours, I, yeah. I would rather die than yep. go and spend you know, where they say they spend three days where they jump around for three days and it was life changing for me personally. And, and bless you. If you love that, bless you. For me, I'd rather die. And they say, you don't understand. No, you don't understand. I, I know I've been there. So I'm thinking I'm going to go to one of these events and I go to the event and I, same thing. I saw so many different walks of life succeeding and it just clicked for me that anyone can do this, even though they say that it clicked. So that's the first thing. She's gone through your story, her story. You want to become. Great at this business, you need it for yourself. Yep. But also, the amount of people that you have at these big events mm-hmm. change your business dramatically and make a huge difference. Yeah, absolutely, it's so true. And because, and if you think about it, I went to that event as an I call it uneducated spouse. Like I wasn't even interested in the opportunity at that time. I was maybe a little interested, but I really was more going to support my husband. And then by him getting me there and getting me in that space, it was like, I'm all in. And I'm that introvert, too, where I was in the corner. I really wasn't talking to a lot of people, but people would come up and talk to me. And it was the first time that I felt that I could see myself in another space and actually be powerful in another space. Now, 12 months (laughs) now, I say that, and I left my teaching job with no plan B, and in my mind was thinking, oh, I'll just you know, kick butt in this business and I'll do really, really great. And then I got a, I got a message on Facebook about a month later from a seven figure earner who I highly, highly admired at the time, still do. We're actually really good friends now. So it's proof that you can do a lot of things wrong and still, um, come out on top and still come out and, <laughs> and be okay. But when I started, so I had moved into a brand new, uh, we had moved across the country. We were from Massachusetts, moved to Portland, Oregon area. And so I was doing everything that was recommended. I was going out and I was doing coffee meetups. I was doing all of that stuff. 
And I was also, you know, meeting my neighbors and handing out samples and, and trying to do home parties all at the same time. And then I took some of that online. I did a lot of social media prospecting. Yet my, my, what I thought was social media prospecting was really just taking my business opportunity link and putting it all over people's fan pages in groups and was literally just leading with my wallet. The reason I wasn't um, making any money, I wasn't enrolling any customers, I wasn't enrolling any teammates. And it wasn't until I got this private message <laughs> and thank goodness she private messaged me and she didn't just, you know, exploit my name all over social media, but she said, you know, stop, stop putting your links on my fan page. Um, that's not how you do business. That was the first moment I went, I have no idea what I'm doing. And who am I to think that I can just hop into a business with no business background and just think that I'm going to all of a sudden crush it, right? 30 to 60 days in. And anybody ever, ever have that feeling where you're like, oh, I actually don't know what I'm doing quite yet. And I do need to be a student and I do need to be, I like to call it being the apprentice, the apprentice of someone else who already knows what they're doing, right? You can earn while you learn. However, you have to be able to learn from people that have done it and have done it well. And I just thought, I don't know, I thought that I could hop in here and in my first 60 days, I'd replace my teacher's salary and everything would be good. And that didn't really happen. <laughs> and it was the best thing though, because then I actually had to become a student. I had to understand marketing. I had to learn marketing. I had to execute. I had to execute in times where I didn't want to execute and I didn't feel like, and I didn't feel like it. So then about, um, 12 months of struggle, right? I left my job with no plan B, 12 months of struggle. My husband and I finally sat down at the kitchen table and we had that conversation of, um, it was July 2013. And it was basically, Hey, if this, if this doesn't work by December 31st, I got to go back to my teaching job. Like, that's it. Like, I, I don't, maybe this isn't a fit for me. And I had that doubt and I had that doubt of maybe I'm really not cut out for this kind of business because I feel like if you, if you're not having doubt in yourself and in your business, at least once a week, you're probably not pushing hard enough. Right. And then all of a sudden I had this moment of, I'm not going back to a teaching job. I'm going to figure this out. And so then figured out um, utilizing social media, use, utilizing hosting online live events, and then utilizing really just building our business through social media and connecting with people. And then that's when from there, a month later, from that time frame, we went from zero to six figures in our business in less than 12 months. And so it, it all of a sudden clicked. And I wouldn't trade in any of the struggle. I wouldn't trade in any of the, um, of the heartache, of the doubt, or anything like that. And, and, you know, then our journey has gone on from there and it's been super powerful, super blessed. And now I look at it as I get to teach people how to run and build their businesses. And so I get to teach more people at a bigger, it, you know, globally, uh, different skill sets. And so I'm back to the heart of what I love to do, which is educate. Well, I love that. And there's a couple of things I love here and this is massive leverage. So I would be sharing this with your teams. I would be sharing this anywhere you can with them because it's leverage. You've got a school teacher turned millionaire, annual millionaire, and that's powerful. You have somebody who started out doing social media and spamming people because they didn't know better, but then turn and change and learn exactly how to do this business and what to do. And I think it's important because this question's been asked actually on the game of networking a ton in the group where people say, hey, what do you do when somebody spams you? And the majority of the responses I like, and again, this is just my opinion, the majority of the responses are either they ignore it because they get too many because it's hard to respond to everyone, or they properly educate. And it doesn't mean you need to take a ton of time, but they don't know better. So belittling them when they don't know isn't going to help. And thank goodness somebody took the time to tell you without saying, hey, you're an idiot. They just said, hey, that's not how you do business, right? And right. teach you because that made a huge difference. I mean, look at where you're at today and it yeah. made you aware because you didn't know and you learned. And so how to do it the right way and what specifically you can do to be more engaging in that introduction. I mean, Kate's learned how to do it offline. She's learned how to do it online. She's learned how to make it happen. She's coached and, and taught so many different people that she's seen what works and what doesn't work. And so this will be fun. 
Absolutely. And stop me anytime, Rob, if you want to chime in and um, because I'll just go. (laughs) I get really passionate about this stuff. So just feel free to hop in and say, whoa, Kate. So I know what we decided to talk about today um, is is one of the things that I love. And I love thinking about things as vehicles, right? Thinking of things instead of being separate of how do I utilize a vehicle to get more exposure, to get more people in front of my presentation, in front of my product or my service, right? And so with my husband and I, one thing that we actually started to crack the code on that was really, really helpful was utilizing, and I call them online live events, right? Um, and you can call them webinars, you can call them masterclasses, you can call them trainings, whatever you want to call them. It's the idea of taking a mass amount of people to see your to see your product or service, to share your product or service at one point in time, right? In like a 60-minute time period versus having to do everything one-on-one. Because I'm all about time leverage. I'm all about being able to do the things that you know, that you love to do. And so what I wanted to talk to you about today, which is cool, the neat thing about this is that it doesn't have to just be through a presentation because like, right, home parties work. There's a reason that home parties are recommended, reason that Super Saturdays are recommended. It's because you get everybody in one space at one time to then all get presented to. And so it's a much more leveraged way to do things. So what if you do it online, right? Now, the part that I love about the presentation side of things and the introduction is you can do this if you're doing Facebook Lives, you can do this if you're just hopping on a call with somebody, if you're doing a Zoom chat, the presentation can basically be the same. And the part that I wanted to share with you was a little bit of a twist on how I've taught our students and how I now basically create an introduction that's all centered around your prospect and mainly doing it online. However, you can do this and use it offline too. Because here's the big thing that I've noticed, okay? And I'm going to give you this nugget first before I talk about the three critical steps you need to do in order to create that killer introduction that gets people engaged to you. Is So think about it. When you're at a coffee meetup, right? When you're sitting across from somebody and you ask them a question, it's almost an obligation that they have to respond back to you. Like it's a human, it's our human need to make sure that if we're communicating with someone else, that we have to be um, we have to be respectful. And so we're going to shake our head, even if you're thinking about other things like that's what human beings do. Right. If we're together and we're at a live event together, we're going to connect with each other. We're going to communicate with each other, make eye contact with each other. Here's the here's the tricky part of what happens when you transition your vehicle from offline to online. And maybe you start doing presentations online. They are super, super valuable, very, very profitable. However, think of your prospect. Okay, and if you take anything from this, take your prospect comes first. Okay, because think of your prospect. If they're going to be listening to you on a Facebook Live or maybe you're doing some sort of presentation, they're at their home and there's a good chance they probably have kids that are like hanging on their shoulders or football's on or they're cooking dinner or something like that. And their their height, their distraction level is heightened because they're not sitting across from you. They're not sitting in a room with you. They have the ability to be distracted. So it's your job to be the person that gets them engaged with you. So these are the three things that I recommend doing immediately when you start out and you start out doing your presentations to get people hooked into you and your message. So the first thing I like to do, and this is one of the things that- Really fast, I hope everybody caught that because that is, the way you just described that is common sense, but I've never heard mm-hmm. it described that way. Yeah. Online is so powerful, but when you're presenting online with the business, yes, there's more leverage because you can scale it worldwide. You can be wherever, because we always say it's an at-home business, and then we yeah. have people go to six events every night, get there a half an hour early, leave a half an hour late, and it ends up being three hours, and it's like, huh, stay-at-home part-time business, what? Right, right. Use, but the online has power, but every strength has a weakness. And she's hitting on a huge weakness that I haven't heard hit on like this. People have massive distractions. Kids, football games, whatever is going on. And so this is really important of how to keep them engaged in these presentations so that they are paying attention. Because imagine watching your favorite movie ever. But if you're watching your favorite movie and you're on your phone half the time and your kids are yelling, 
You can't enjoy yeah. the movie or your dog's barking during it. You can't even, it doesn't matter how good the movie is. You're not into the movie to even know the movie's great. So it's important to follow these. So I just, I wanted to make sure sometimes, you know, we're, we're not tracking or we aren't paying attention. So let's go into these three tips. Sweet. So my three tips are tip number one is sharing your big promise and it's not about you. So that'll be the first one. Second is three questions for feeling into the future. And then the third one is everyone loves an underdog. Okay, so I'll go through each three of those um, with you right now because here's the cool thing. This process probably takes three to five minutes. However, I'm going to break it down for you so you can understand exactly how it works and basically take you through what you're doing with your prospect, the, the mindset behind why you ask the questions you ask, the things that you say, because your whole end game is to get people glued to their computer or glued to their phone wherever they're watching you or wherever they're listening to you. So in the beginning, the first thing that you're going to want to do, and I actually see this a lot, I see a lot of people do this wrong on Facebook Lives or I see it um, on presentations that they do, is they don't talk about what the prospect is going to get first. And it might kind of sound weird, right? Because there's a lot of people out there that already have big followings or maybe big teams. So they hop on a training and they're like, hey, what's going on? Everybody come on in, say who you are, where you're coming in from. Super excited to have you on here. Um, and, you know, and it's getting the community in. So that's good in some cases. However, if it's presentation, right? And a presentation that you want going 24-7 all the time, you want something you want your team to be able to go to, the first thing you have to do is realize that it's not about you and it's got to be about that person. Like you invited them to a presentation. They wanted to come for a reason. They need a reminder on the reason they're coming. So the first thing that I like to do, the first thing I like to tell my students is I like to always start with a how to blank without blank. And it's like the simplest way to do it, how to blank without blank, right? And so it's how to insert some sort of dream and desire that they want to have without a pain or a struggle. And so when I'm promoting it, when I'm inviting people to this presentation, I'm always talking about the how to blank without blank. So in the presentation, that's the first thing I always, I always want to share, right? Whether it's on Facebook Live and people can see me or if I'm doing it through a presentation, I'm doing it on PowerPoint, whatever it is, that's what we want to make sure people hear first. So it can be a super quick introduction. So example, if like it's a 30 day weight loss challenge, right? It could be, um, hey, what's going on? I'm Kate McShay. So happy you're here because I'm going to be talking about how you can lose more weight in the next 30 days without working out. And it's all about the prospect, right? You want to get right into the heart of the matter because if they're distracted and they're kind of doing things and then they hear you say what that, I like to call it a big promise, what that big promise is, they're going to go, oh my gosh, okay, yeah, I remember. I got invited to this. This is the reason I wanted to be here. So that's the first yes that you get from them. Right. You want that to get first them with intent. Yes. So they're not just listening to listen and finish the presentation to say I'm done. So you're engaging them at the exactly. beginning so and listen with real intent and say, wow, there there's a problem and there's a solution. This is there's, yep. there's something that's going to be solved here with my time here. Whereas a lot of times they get on to listen and they forget and it's they're listening as a favor or they're listening to be nice so that mm -hmm. they can I listened to listen. No, thank you. Exactly. Yep, totally. So it's like that first 30 seconds, the first 30 seconds of any kind of viewing time is your money seconds, those first 30 seconds. And so you've got to remind them the reason that they made the choice to come. And like you were saying, Rob, that not to be nice to stay, but a reason that they feel like they have to stay. So then the next thing you do, right, here's the second tip. Um, are three questions, I call them three questions for feeling into the future. Now, I didn't do this forever. I actually got this tip from, I think it was Ray Higdon a while back. And it's such a huge tip because, again, the people, uh, so it's always, it's not about you, it's thinking about your prospect. Good chance they're now a little bit more engaged with you. However, they may have had a rough day at work. They may just be tired. They may not be motivated. They're in that life of being comfortable and you've got to get them to that space of realizing that something could change in their lives. So there's three questions, okay? And here's how they go. How would it feel like to blank? What would it feel like to blank? And then the third is what would that be worth to you? And here's the neat part. 
this isn't hypey. It's not, you know, hard selling. It's literally just laid back like this because I'm not a hypey person at all. And it's just an easy laid back way to ask these questions. And so you can say, and hey, just curious now that you're listening in with me and you want to know, you want to learn more about how to lose more weight without working out. Just curious, how would it feel if you had a way or how would it feel if you were to walk into your high school reunion and you were the person that turned all the heads and they went, Lisa, oh my gosh, Lisa, you look so great. How would that feel to you if you were able to do that, right? So you create this question that paints a picture for the future for them and it allows them to get out of that state of comfortable and they have to comment in. And so that it's amazing because we see it with our presentations, we see it with our student presentations. I've never heard someone answer that question and go, that would be terrible <laughs> or I don't want that. These questions are meant to get people out of their current state of not being super happy or just their humdrum life to then looking at what could be bigger and what could be better. And if you're doing it from a team building perspective, right, if you're looking to maybe you have a social media course and you're looking to help people bring in more people in their teams through social media, you could ask, you know, another question would be, well, what would it feel like if you had five to ten new people reaching out to you every single day wanting to know more about your products, products and service? What would that feel like for you? And you allow people to envision, oh, my gosh, what would that feel like? It would feel awesome. I feel like I was finally going places in my business. I feel like I was somebody that other people could look up to. You allow people to see what the future could be like. And then this third question is so powerful because I, I can't tell you how many times I have people who say, well, how do I get into the, the sales conversation? Like, how do I start talking about my product or service? Well, this third question actually opens up the ability to start having a conversation about money. When you say, okay, so if you could have all those things, what would that be worth to you? And you just say it like that, super simple, super laid back. What would that be worth to you? And what people will do is they'll start thinking about it from a monetary standpoint. They'll be like, that was priceless. That would be priceless. I would pay $5,000 for that. I would pay $500 for that. I would, you know, people will type in, I do it on Facebook Lives, and people type in dollar sign. And the ability to ask these three questions, what it does is so you've already hooked somebody in with that big promise that you're going to share on your train, on your presentation. Now you've brought them into a space of where they're not sitting in their comfortable life anymore. They want what you are, are sharing with them through these questions. And they're also ready to have a buying conversation with you without maybe knowing that that's something like they're giving you permission, right? They're giving you permission to be like, hey, whatever product and service you have, I want to know more about it. Because if these are the things that I can get from that, then you have you have an obligation to share your message. And so by opening up with that question, it allows people to then all of a sudden have a bond to you and go, okay, how do we make this happen? Right? So is that helpful so far? Yeah. That's so powerful and it's so well laid out. It's so simple. She's teaching the psychology behind it. And once you learn how to do it, you can integrate it specifically with your product, your service, your company. But questions are the answers to me. And, it, and it's, Cliches are cliches for a reason, but there's a reason why we have, right, two of these, one of these, and too many times our insecurities come out and we throw up all over them. I know I did it at the very beginning of this business. I thought I was giving them all the reasons why they should do this business, but in reality, I was giving them all the reasons why they, they could say no because they had heard enough of me just ruin a presentation. And so I had to find a way to really just keep it simple. I had to find a way when I was doing the business to start asking questions. I was always taught when I started this, I, I mentors made $30 million in the industry and he said, questions are the answers. Learn to ask better questions. What are people always buying? They're buying a dream. They're not buying a car that's a piece of, of metal or steering wheel. They're buying a dream. They're not just buying, yes, if they're buying a product or service, what does that represent to them? Maybe it could be losing weight. Maybe it could be more energy. Maybe it could be, I, lo I love the product, what it's doing. Maybe it could be even for them deeper from that. Maybe that's really deep for them. Maybe for them it could be I'm helping other people, but ultimately they're buying a dream. Maybe it's creating time freedom for their family. People are buying a dream. They want what you have. They do. 
Everybody wants time freedom. There isn't one person that I know on the face of the planet that doesn't want time freedom. Every single person wants what you have. The problem is it's a funnel, and we need to get to that funnel to the end, right, where we start here with questions that lead, 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 so that they realize that we have what they want. But if we spam them or we just say, hey, you need to do this, or hey, you're going to love this, and we don't ask the right questions to show them that we have what they want, then our presentation isn't engaging enough, and you wonder why your closing ratio is so low. So I absolutely love these insights so far because it really, it just breaks it down and simplifies everything. Awesome. Well, then what I want to do is I want to hop into the third one because I think the third one for me was super valuable. I know it's been valuable for our students that we've taught because how many of you feel like, well, I'm nervous to do these presentations myself because I don't have these big results. I don't have all the, you know, bright, shiny trophies or I haven't walked across stage or anything like that because I know in the beginning it was something that was intimidating for me because of how a lot of people do these kind of presentations. So what I noticed, because I kind of became almost a stalker of presentations. I'm one of those people that's behind the scenes on Saturday mornings. I'm, you know, Googling through YouTube and I'm looking at, you know, how different people present. I will actually go and watch other people's presentations because I want to see what they're doing. It's something that's become something that I, it's like a little obsession for me, right? And so my goal is to help more people actually do more presentations and do it in a confident, comfortable way. So the third critical tip of creating an engaging uh, introduction in your presentations is everyone loves an underdog. So what most people do, okay, if you think about it, in presentations, what most people do or what a lot of us see is it's time to introduce who you are, right? And it's time to share who you are and share a little bit of your background. Most people lead with the all the results, 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 all these amazing things, 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 all these powerful things that they've done, all the money that they've made, all the um, impact that they've had. What this actually does, though, one of the things that I noticed is that for a lot, again, it's not about you. It's about your prospect. So even people who are like amazing presenters, right, they talk about all these fabulous things they've done. And in the present, in the prospect's mind, they're going, is this something that I can do? Is this something that I'm capable of? Is this something that I could recreate? Like, can I lose that weight? Can I feel healthier like that? Is you know, could I enroll that many people into my company? Is that is that actually something that's possible for me? Could I create that time freedom? I don't know. And so there's this hesitancy for a prospect. So what I teach that we do different is I tell you to flip it, that instead it's not about all the amazing things you've done. And even if you think you don't have crazy results, I'm going to show you in just a second how you actually do. Okay, you have to think of the word results differently. But first... What I always do is I share something that's just terrible or something that is, that didn't work or that might have been, you know, quote unquote failure of mine because everybody loves the underdog story. Everyone loves the story of someone who was struggling or someone who had difficulty and then it brings them up into something to where they've gotten some sort of results. So this is kind of how it works. If you were to do this and you were to share this story, you can either do it on slides or you can do it just by talking with people through Facebook Live. It kind of goes like this. You want to say something, you know, and if you've ever struggled with losing weight or if you've ever struggled with, um, you know, building a part-time business and you just feel like you're not, like you're doing the right things, but you're not getting the right results, I know how you feel. And then talk about the things that you've actually struggled with. All right. So what I like to lead with, and we talked about this actually on this training, is I talked about the things that I did wrong first, that I actually got private messages from people on the regular telling me to stop spamming my links with my business opportunity all over their pages. And the reason that I recommend doing that is because two things I know sell more than anything, and it's authenticity and it's vulnerability, like authenticity and vulnerability sell. And they sell because people are done with the fluff. People are done with, you know, with the, you know, like the, the foo-foo stuff. 
and the rah-rah stuff. They want what what really happened, right? Because in the back of everybody's mind, they're really thinking, well, what really, really happened? Or did they ever struggle? Did they ever have a hard time? And when you come out of the gates with, hey, this was me, right? Even if it's weight loss, you can be like, this was me. Like, I struggled. Um, if you want to talk about someone who struggled with weight loss or like my 28-year-old body is not what my 48-year-old body looks like and my husband can eat Doritos and drink Coke and walk a mile every day and he lost five pounds and I eat veggies and have a half of a chicken breast and I'm gaining weight. Like be that person that's open to sharing your vulnerabilities because it creates and builds rapport in a relationship with those people. So talk about the lows, talk about the things that, and I like to do it in a structure like this. What's your background? What's your struggle? What's your rock bottom? And then what's your discovery? Okay. So again, um, what's your background? What's your struggle? What's your rock bottom? And then what's your discovery? So an example that I use, um, and it's actually, it's from one of my students. She, so she always talks about her background is she's a stay at home mom and she actually builds a business. She, and it's a health, uh, it's a weight, it's a weight loss product. Um, she builds a business and she's a mom of four and that's her background. Her struggle is that she's a mom of four and she has no time in the day to work out and to do the things that she wants to do to lose weight and to feel good about herself. Her life is all about her kids right now. Her rock bottom was when her husband opened up the closet door and found her in the closet crying, eating Cheetos and Oreos, basically saying, I've, I've lost, I've gained 30 pounds since we had our last child and I don't know how to lose the weight because I have, I have no time. And then she discovered this 30 day challenge, which she talks about, right? That's her product and her service. And so it doesn't have to be anything astronomical. It doesn't have to be anything crazy, but the relatability of someone to be able to be like, Oh my gosh, I've had those crying your closet moments when your kids are running amok. Or I've had those moments where someone sent me a message and said, Hey, stop spamming your business opportunity all over my page. I'm done with it. People respond to that more than they respond to all the picture painted results, right? So then one thing you do want to do though is talk about how life might be a little bit different since you've had those struggles. And it may be just a tweak for you. I always say um, if you're one step ahead of where you were yesterday, somebody wants where you were yesterday. And so think about it like this. So if you talk about my results now or my business now or my life now, it goes like this. You talk about some kind of results, maybe another kind of result, a specialty or a dream, and things that you're proud of, okay? So again, it's results, results, specialty or a dream, and then things that you're proud of. I know there's a lot of people that are thinking, well, I don't have big, crazy results. Like, I don't have a six-figure business, or I haven't, you know, put in hundreds of people into my team. Well, have you ever rank advanced once? Have you closed... Have you closed one person into your company? Okay. And honestly, for me, if it was grandma, then that's fine. Like that's a customer. Okay. You've closed a customer into your business. That is a result that someone else wants to have. It was, if it was your best friend who, you know, hopped on your auto ship. Awesome. That is a result that someone else wants to have. What if maybe you haven't closed a sale yet into your company yet you have, you have called a prospect and they've picked up the phone and you guys had a conversation. Maybe it wasn't the best conversation. Maybe it was like you didn't even get a chance to invite them to a presentation, right? And it just didn't go right. Yet you had a prospect pick up the phone and have a conversation with you. That is a result that someone else wants, right? If you've lost two pounds with a health and weight loss challenge that you've done, that is a result that someone else wants. Um, if we talk about a specialty or a dream, okay? A specialty or a dream doesn't even have to be something that you've quite yet achieved. It could be something that you're looking forward to. So it might even be, and I'm so excited now because now I know I have the vehicle that's going to allow me to take my kids to Disney World and show them everything that I want them to be able to see. And I get to be the parent I want to be. So you're painting the picture. So again, remember, it's not about you. You're painting the picture for your people to see that what you have is a vehicle for them to achieve what they want to achieve. 
And that's the most important part. And then, I mean, talking about things that you're proud of. If you've ranked, rank advanced before, then that's what you share. If you lost a ton of weight and you're like happy and you're producing more in your job and you got a promotion at your job, share that. So it doesn't, your results don't have to be something that are so big. Sometimes they actually become an asset for you when you keep them to the point of where somebody else who's watching can go, oh my gosh, I could do that. Oh, I could pick up the phone and have a conversation with a prospect. Oh, she only lost two pounds. Cool. That's something that seems like I could do it. More often than not, people think they've got to have these big astronomical results and it actually allows you to be tied tighter to those prospects when you have the ability to share that's like when you share one step above where they might be. I love that. And you guys have heard, when we started out with, with Kate's story, you guys have heard my story uh, over and over again, most of you, some of you brand new, but I, I talk about it all the time. And I love how you just laid it out in simple terms. I talk about how I refused to speak in church until I was 19 years old, which was taboo. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't, when I was, until I was pretty much in middle school, I wouldn't go to my friend's house without my brother. My dad had to threaten to ground me when I was in fifth grade unless I swung, swung the baseball bat because I was so scared. When I started in this business, I couldn't even present in front of one person. I had my hands in my pocket and I was like three or four feet away from them. I was just clueless. I didn't know what to say or how to say it. I had gum in my mouth. I was whispering. I just didn't know what to do. And I tell you my very first December in this business, even though I started out inviting really well, my first December, I'm doing the business full time, working 80 hours a week, making the sacrifices, didn't watch even an hour of TV. And I made less than $400 my first December. I'd been in the business for five months. So it's important that people understand that and that you're relatable because otherwise the story just doesn't check out. If it's, you know, it's the whole, it's the sniff test, us as humans. Now, there's just certain certain senses that we have that we just know that, come on, you know, what's the story behind the story? There's always a story. And if somebody got lucky, to them, that's not a story. People aren't looking mm -hmm. to get lucky. And so I love how you said share your struggle and also share, you know, when when you bottomed out, when you hit them so that you can relate with business. Because what works in this business is what duplicates and if you're creating this crazy story that nobody else can do, I actually think, and I've said this before, I think that the quick, fast cash, fast stories are one of the top things that ruin this industry because you take a hundred different six-figure earners and you may have, I don't know how many, one, two, three, four, let's say even five. Five that got lucky, that were right place, right time. Maybe they found the right person. Maybe their company was in massive momentum. Maybe somebody else did most of the work and they don't really have the skill sets. Everybody gets those people on stage and they like to promote those stories because they think it empowers everybody. Of Look, if they can do it, you can do it. But the problem is, is people think, well, what's wrong with me? And they hear the story behind the story is, well, there's something else. And so I think it actually hurts the business. I think what helps the business is when you share the struggle, when you share the vulnerable stories, when you share what actually really happened because people can relate with that. So when they go through their struggles, they say, well, that's normal. That's, that's normal. Whereas when you give these crazy stories, people think, well, that's not normal. It's okay to give some of the crazy stories. You can tell people, hey, this is what happened. This isn't normal. And then give a bunch of the stories, here's what happened, this is more normal. Because then you're giving a balance of dream really big, 90% of disappointment comes from unrealistic expectations, but a lot of us haven't ever accomplished anything great without those crazy expectations. Hey, this is what happened, but here's normal, normal, normal. You find yourself in between, let's go make this thing happen. So, that I mean, that's just summarize a little bit of some of the things I'm going through in my head. I love how you broke that down. So, Kate, what would you say... Kate, if you were starting all over again right now, what would be, I don't even know the top because we can probably always come up with different things and say them in different ways, but what would be advice that you would give to the brand new person starting today? Or for a lot of you, let's hit the reset button and we're restarting right now. We're going back to the beginning when we had that passion and we say, okay, I want to relaunch my business. What would be my advice? You know, I think two things. Number one, I think the biggest thing for me would be 
being okay with utilizing multiple vehicles. Like I think in the beginning, I always thought, well, it had to be offline and or online. Like it couldn't be both at the same time. And what I like to think about is do what's working and utilize what's proven to work that can help you get those quick results in the beginning, right? So do what's work, do what's recommended. And then also while you're doing that, start building gradually with something that can create a really, really strong foundation. So what I mean by that is that if your company is saying, hey, home parties are where it's at, utilize this method, I wouldn't go back and I wouldn't like balk at it. I wouldn't say, well, I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I would have much more of a sense of I'm going to do whatever it takes in order to make sure that this works. And at the same time, I'm going to start building up my foundation online as well, too, so I can reach people outside of my local market. Because I would have a much more, a, a bigger idea of just understanding that utilizing multiple vehicles is what's going to create mass exposure. The other thing that I would say that I would do differently if I were just starting out or I needed to create a reset button is I would focus less on expectations of what I thought needed to happen versus the actions that I was putting into my business. And what I mean by that is that I think in the beginning, um, and some might say that 12 months isn't a long time for struggle. For me, it felt like it was a lifetime. Uh, I know, like without a shadow of a doubt, that 12 months of struggle was due to the fact that I was focused in on comparing myself to other people. I was focused in on paying attention to, I expect to get X results and I'm not there yet, so I'm a failure or I'm not doing it right or the system must be wrong or my upline's not telling me the right information. And instead, I would focus in on and actually give myself a reality check on what am I doing every single day that's actually profit producing, that's moving me forward, that's, that's been recommended by people who know and have a system that works for them already. And I would literally put my head down because that's what we did when we actually started getting results. Like put our head down, didn't focus on anything else and just produced. And that's what created mass results for us. It was when we took out the expectation and focused in only on the action. And I actually did that. I would journal every day. Like what did I do today to produce a result? Um, what, what didn't work for me today and what might I do differently tomorrow to produce more of a result? So it was all for me about my actions. I took full ownership over my business. And that's what I would recommend for anybody that's starting is really, and it's, and it's hard. It's hard to do because every time something comes, struggle comes, I know for me, I always wanted to look outside of myself and be like, ah, oh, well, it's the system that's not working or it's got to be the product or it's got to be something that's, that I don't have yet that's not allowing me to do what I need to do. And really, it was more me getting very strategic on how I was taking action and how hungry I really was in order to make it happen. And there are a lot of things I know, a lot of top people who have had a lot of success. Um, it all comes from like a 60-day or 90-day blitz period of just pure actionable hustle that can just transform and create, you know, an amazing, amazing business. So just really look at it that way on the action versus the expectation. And I feel like you'll just be, you'll be in it to win it. Uh, there's no reason you can't be. That's great. That's great stuff. That's that's helpful. Comparison is the great thief of joy. And too many of us, right when we start, it's always just comparing our journeys. And we're so negative with ourselves. I mean, can you imagine if you treated other people oh. the way you treat yourself in the sense of, no. well, I can't do it. I can't do it. Well, what if I fail? Well, what if this and that? And we're just so negative and we're so just, you know, difficult on, on, you know, so many different things that we do in the business. Stop being so hard on yourself. Remember, the hardest person yeah. you're ever going to have to recruit is yourself by far. Once you've recruited yourself, the business is going to happen. It's only a question of time. How quickly is it going to happen? You know, how much time is it going to take you to reach that success? How much success are you going to have? But you got to start out and you need to recruit yourself. And it starts with having that commitment and then stop comparing. Some people are going to go faster. Some people are going to go slower. Some people, maybe the timing's right. Maybe they found another person the timing's right. Who cares? It doesn't really matter. It's your life. It's your dream. And if you can't waste energy focused on 
you know, the could have, should haves, or it didn't happen, or somebody else is going faster than me. You're wasting brain power. You're wasting emotional fortitude or lack thereof. Focus, focus, focus on what you can do, how you can become better. And Kate talked about it a lot where she just talked about results and a different way of thinking of thinking of them. Somebody asked me what the definition of true happiness is. And my definition, I think this relates with your business, and this is what I gave, this was several years ago, is progress. That's it. When you're progressing in your marriage or your relationships, you're happy. When you're progressing in your job or in your business, you're happy. When you're progressing, well, there we go. I mean, isn't that the truth? I mean, when yeah. we're, you know, when I'm progressing as a, a dad or as a, as a husband or in my business or helping other people, I'm, I'm happy. And in your business, that's why it's so important. As Kate mentioned briefly a little bit earlier, she had to have her own gratitude journal. So go spend every single night and figure out what your progression was and focus on that. I do that right now. I've said this one other time, I think. I probably should do a Facebook Live on this. Did you know I send an accountability to my wife every single night on how positive my thoughts were? And my goal is a 10 every day. And I have like three or four different aspects that I send to her. And I, I haven't told any close friends or anything like that. You guys know now. But I haven't said that on a Facebook Live or anything. Every single night, I send an accountability text for myself just to keep me progressing. Because we're never completely imbalanced. You've got to figure out where you're the most out of balance lift up from the bottom. You're always going to have a focus and an emphasis. So, Kate, any last goodbyes or words to everybody? I think um, just thank you so much for having me on, Rob. I just love being able to to just impact as many people as possible. And I think that's the biggest thing is that I think there's someone out there today that needs to hear your message, that needs your product and service, that needs your support. And it's your job to go out and find them and go out and expose your business to them in the most relatable way possible. So just go out there and be rock stars. Um, absolutely crush it and just know that you know, so there's going to be people that Rob can't touch and that I can't touch and that um, other people out there can't touch that you can. And so they're waiting for you. So it's your time to step up. Perfect. Thank you for your time, Kate. I appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Until next time. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening to my podcast. If you're loving the podcast, make sure you go smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of the latest and greatest podcasts. And as always, please go leave a five-star rating review. And then the last thing I always want to mention to all that listen to podcasts is if you go to www.robsperry.com, I have tons of free content there to help you out to build your network marketing business.